the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Zero podcast. I'm your host, Jess Root, from CardsWire.com, the USA Today NFL Wire site covering the Arizona Cardinals. Recording on a Thursday night with, with Revenge of the Birds, Seth Cox, uh, SB Nation's Arizona Cardinals site, and also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. We've already had one show this week. This is episode 461. Seth, we are, we're, we know, we, we've now split our shows up into two plus the bonus show that I will record on Friday with Giants Wire's Dan Benton. Uh, so you, we're starting to hit the two, three shows a week, so I hope everyone's happy about this. This is this is dedicated to the Cardinals versus the Giants, Seth. And what the hard part is, do we even know what the Giants are after one week of play? No, this was um, the worst possible game one to get an idea of what the Giants are. I mean, not just the their play on the field, but the fact that they had to deal with a basically a torrential downpour and um, the fact that now we there, you know, by the time this drops, we'll probably know if, if they're two best offensive players are going to play but like it's just it was a bad week for the for the Giants and it made it where you really don't even know what to expect coming into this game because you now are saying okay was the 22 Giants a fluke or was the Giants uh game one a fluke and and you know obviously there might be a happy medium there but for the most part, you, we just really have no idea yet. Yeah. So let's talk about what we th- what we think we can expect from from the Giants, both on offense and defense. I I will say this: like if we go back, if we go back to um, way back in the off season when the schedule first came out and we were making schedule predictions, I had the Cardinals winning this game. That's the only game that they win in the first, I think, eight. And if you look at like if we look at their schedule. Like if since they didn't beat Washington, if they don't beat the Giants, we might not see a win, and I don't know how long because the next ones coming up are uh, Dallas, nope, San Francisco, nope, Cincinnati. That's um, unless they, unless unless Joe Burrow's turned into a pumpkin, right? You know? uh, unless last week is anything to to show what's happened before. Right. Since he's a nope, uh, Seattle uh, or or the Rams. Nope. Seattle. Nope. Baltimore. Nope. (laughs) And that's a great way to look at is like there was so many odd outcomes and we didn't get into a ton of them. uh, But there's so many odd outcomes that have, you know, came out of week one, whether it's Kansas City losing to Detroit at home, um, you know, the the Texans looking awful and then being favored over an indie team that played a, a good Jacksonville team close, but now, you know, Jacksonville's home dogs, like you and I were talking about before, like these lines right now, they're like, they're, they're balancing taking last week into account. When you look at things like um, Dallas minus what nine and a half over the New York jets. Yeah. But then they're like, still like got one toe in, well, last year this team was really good, so we, we don't want, and so that just makes it. I mean, it just makes it makes for like a lot of question marks, which let's be honest, makes for a more fun NFL start to the season. You know, it may it may get back into oh, it's the Chiefs and you know the Eagles and 49ers. We may just get there eventually. Yeah, but right now, you know, it feels like there's other teams that have a chance, and that's totally valid and. You know, people will look at the Giants and will say, hey, they were a playoff team last year. They won a road playoff game. But let's not forget, So, and and I think we, we probably said it on this show, last year, the like Brian Dable might have gotten 
the very best he could have out of that team last year. They had ball the ball bounced their way. Uh, it felt like they were a pretty fluky playoff team. And well, then and they go just... in, and then they go to the postseason. Who they play? The other fr- like the, the, it felt like when the playoffs came around, that matchup was fraud versus fraud, <laughs> and the Vikings were the bigger fraud. <laughs> Well, and, and you look at it, it's crazy because you just kind of mentioned it, you know, and then tonight, the the Vikings after winning so many one-score games, and there's and we talked about that with the Cardinals in 2021, right? Like, there's always the the, the average. Like, even over, over a year, year to year, even if it's different teams, different, you know, uh, players, different all of this stuff, you return to the average of one-score games. And the Vikings, after last year, winning a, just an absurd. I think they won the most one-score games. 11-0. Yeah, and in, 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 in NFL history, they're 0-2. They're 0-2 this two. year and 0-3 when you go back to the playoffs. They've lost their last three one-score games. Right, and so it's just like, like you said, there's fluky, there's, like, it's just, it's just odd. And, and so, you know, you hate to say the word luck because they put in the time, the energy, the effort, obviously. So there, there is a ton of skill involved. But did the Vikings and, you know, now focusing on the Giants as our upcoming opponent, did they, you know, push their luck or lose all their luck in last season? And like you said, like think about, think about that game last week for the Giants. Ugh. I mean – I, did you see that stat? I'll find it. Yes, real yes. Quick. So like they they were shut out. They they were sort of set, they had three turnovers, had a field goal return for a touchdown, and gave up seven and had sacks, had seven sacks, three turnovers. No other team had had that happen to them in the same season ever. Right, and they did it in one game. In one game, and the first game of the season. So like not even just one game. Like they did it in the first game of the season. It was like, hey, let's get this out of the way. And so that's the thing. It's like statistically, can it get better for them? Of course it can. But like, will it get better for them? I don't know. Like, I mean, 171 yards of total offense. Daniel Jones picked off twice, sacked seven times. What can we? And Saquon Barkley had 12 carries for 51 yards. Um, like Daniel Jones ran more than Saquon and 13 carries. Is this from, from, from what do we know about the giants so far? I mean, from preseason, is this still supposed to be the Saquon Barkley show? And if Saquon isn't being a superhuman is this is this unit as limited as before? I know they added some targets. They added Darren Waller. Um, they got Paris Campbell. But are these weapons significantly better than what they were a year ago? Yeah, and, you know, you look at just the way that this their game unfolded right like they well let's start with this like what do they have outside of Barkley if Darren Waller doesn't play like what strikes fear into you um <laughs> I know and, and it's not um, being disrespectful it's well, really and not because like, they, they do have talented players like Darius Slayton yeah, is yeah. no slouch Paris Campbell's talent Sterling Shepard but they're they're complementary like what they've proven to be are complementary players right right like like if you look at it like Paris Campbell might be a low end two um you know you've got you've got Darius Slayton who might be a low end two you got Isaiah Hodgins who might be a low end three right like so you have all those guys and so you're like okay what are we doing um you know, Jalen Hyatt barely played in the game. Like, so what are they? And so that's where it comes from. Like, if Saquon Barkley is not carrying this offense and Darren Waller's not in the game, it's really 
very similar to the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like they don't have, and I would even say at that point, you would say the Cardinals have the more high-end playmakers. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't just say like flat out better, but they would have the more high-end play. Right. Cause you, like, I think, I think you like Hollywood better than any of the receivers that, that the Giants have. Uh, you'd take Waller over Ertz, obviously. Um, you'd take Saquon over Connor. Um, but yeah, and yeah, and then the offensive line. The issue is, is that if Andrew Thomas isn't playing, protection's an issue. But but defensively, so do we know anything defensively? You know, granted, Dallas is one very very good team. But defense, like uh, Dallas, didn't do much offensively. They had 265 yards of offense. Dak had I, I 143 love... yards passing. They only they only rushed. They they did rush for 122 yards. This was, but they didn't have to because when they when they score on special teams, you score on defense, and you don't allow the opponent to do anything. Your offense doesn't need to do much. And I mean, I. I love Dexter Lawrence, their interior defensive lineman. I think he's genuinely one of the better players in the NFL. Um, I would love to have a guy like that on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you know, I we do the the weekly questions with, with the enemy, right? And that's one of the questions they asked is if you had to pick one player, who would it be? And and I think most people would just assume you'd take Andrew Thomas. And, and ideally, you know, for the Cardinals, Paris Campbell is an equal to what Andrew Thomas has become in his career as a second team all pro guy last year, just got a five year, $125 million contract. Um, but man, Dexter Lawrence, I mean, a six, four, 340 pound interior two way guy he's a, that can, he's a yeah, difference I mean, maker. he is. And, and, you know, last week he's the only guy that got any pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, and like you said, Dallas is a really solid offensive line. You know, um, um, Dak Prescott's a very athletic quarterback, but he's literally the only guy that did anything on this team. I mean, and so when you look at it, Kayvon Thibodeau had a nice rookie season last year. You know, he's a he's a very good player. Um, they, you know, Wink used him. I, I kind of talked about it a little bit last week. They they used him in an interesting way, dropping him into coverage as much as they did. Like, you know, and, and, and I realized that, like, when I talked about that, it's kind of different, right? I was saying I was complimenting um, complimenting Nick Rallis and, and, and Jonathan Gannon for how they used their edge rushers and, and were multiple and, and dropped those guys into coverage. But, I mean, Thibodeau was drafted to be a pass rusher. Like that's the difference for me is like you, you drafted this guy fifth overall in the draft to get after the passer. And like, it's like what we used to scream about with Chandler Jones, right? Like, why is he covering a running back? <laughs> like, why is he not attacking? Like that, that's where I got with that last week. Um, you know, but, but the defense it's, it's solid if unspectacular. I mean, that's, that's what they've been, you know, uh, Wink's a good defense coordinator. Um, you well, know, Don, and they, Don and, they did, and they added, they added so they, that they should have been better up front because in addition to to Dexter Lawrence, you still got a, a, a talented Leonard Williams. They added Ashawn Robinson because uh, they wanted to they wanted to do better at stopping the run, and you know they didn't really help in week one, which I don't feel that their front is as strong as Washington's, obviously, because across the middle when you get Jonathan Allen and and the other guy, um, Deron Payne, plus Montez Sweat, plus, and, and they didn't have Chase Young. So, But I, everywhere across the board, would you say that that the Giants' defense is less than what Washington's is? Yeah, definitely. Like they're just, uh, you know, they're they should be a superior offensive team and a slightly inferior uh, defensive team. And and you know, and it's it's week one, so there's not much we can go on. Like you said, uh, they just their defense. I mean, like you said, 265 total yards of off or offense for the Cowboys. Um, if you if you do that in most games, you expect to win. 
you know, and, and <laughs> that's just that's just the reality. The, and like and the Cardinals fair, who held the Cardinals who held the Washington right. Commanders to let 248 yards, but then they only right. had 210 of their own. Well, and that's the thing you look at. Like it's crazy to look at what the Cardinals did in offense or defense and special teams, especially like if you go to a site like Pro Football Reference, right? They have the expected points, and and the Cardinals' defense and special teams were in the positive, which is not something we've seen in a lot of Cliff Kingsbury era. Now, you know, in the Jonathan Gannon era, it's different, but their offense was negative twenty. <laughs> so that's that's how bad their offense was like yeah so you get you get a performance like that defensively where your expected points from your defense and special teams is is uh 14 and then your offensive expected points is negative 20 like that's an absurd stat and and to reference that like what i mean by that is like if you go to the the giants expected points their their offense's expected points was negative 27 so it was eight points worse than the cardinals like they they're that's how bad their offense was but their defense was negative nine points so like their entire team was significantly worse than the cardinals um you know and that's a huge thing but the cardinals have to do it against what is on paper a better offensive unit now again, if they're without Andrew Thomas and they're without Darren Waller, that's a that changes things because their offensive line, they literally, I mean, and again, we're using PFF grades and stuff like that, and you know, you can take those with with all the salt that you need to, but that's a, just a reference we can use. And there was not a a worse offensive lineman in the NFL than Mark Lewinsky last week and he is now back at it and and you know the Giants fans on what I'm reading you know and, and seeing is they're like what are we doing like why is this guy being run out there again like how is this even a thing <laughs> and and like it's not like he was the worst for like you know um for one game like he was genuinely the like worst pass blocker in the nfl like for it, that that started a game like it was that bad and that's really hard to do like like and, and he played 70 snaps and 49 were passing snaps like it's just it was that like it was bad and then uh John Michael Schmitz, a guy that you and I both loved in the draft, looked completely overwhelmed in the game. Um, you know, and, and uh, Osa Adigizuwu is a guy that I like coming out of UCLA a couple of years ago. Had a great game for the Cowboys. He he gave um, he gave Michael Schmitz real you know fits. On top of that, you know, then you saw the way they were using Micah Parsons, and and he's maybe the you know one of the top what three defensive players alive so you know the cardinals don't necessarily have that to uh throw at the giants but the way that they created pressure against a, a line that is probably without andrew thomas there is probably i would i mean and this is probably recency bias but it's probably worse wouldn't you say than like without Andrew Thomas, the the Giants line is worse than the the Commanders line. When you say, I mean, yes, yes, it's because, hard it, because like Thomas gives them that anchor at left tackle, and so yeah, yeah, it's it's I th I am, but they're probably on par. They're probably kind of right there. And so and so you can look at it, and I mean, the Cardinals were number one in pass rush rate via what was it the NFL dot com whatever it was uh that they used matt pert is a guy that giants fans are not excited about <laughs> to start at left tackle for andrew <laughs> thomas former seventh overall pick evan neal is basically they're done with him in year two like they're just done um and and so you know you look at it uh, and like I said, Glowinski was legitimately the worst offensive lineman pass in pass protection in the NFL. Uh, he had three sacks, 
one hit and five hurries on the day. And like that's nine, nine quarterback disruptions allowed in 44 snaps is absurd. Yeah. Uh, by, and, and by the way, he also had two penalties. So like, it was just, you know, it's just one of those situations that you would hope that they would be able to continue to bring that type of pressure because we saw last week what it does to a quarterback and and I would say Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Sam Howell. Um, yes. you know, he did a he did a really According nice job. Lots last of people, year. Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray's, but let's let, let that's a different story. Yeah. So I mean, so you look at it, it is it's gonna be an interesting test because like you said, like it's a it's a heavy, heavy recency bias. Yeah. So Cut. we we just have to kind of take a step back and, and see what happens. Yes. So coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, Special Cardinals talking about it. Let's move on to now talk about the matchups. Let's talk about the keys for a potential win for the Cardinals and what matchups we're we're looking for. That's coming up next on Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. We had some really nice performances last week from the Cardinals. I mean, uh, the entire defensive line was was spectacular. Um, it, let's kind of talk about the keys first. I, I think it's going to come down to, right, I, I, for me, basically two things. Can they replicate what they did defensively against Washington? And you kind of like the potential to. Let's Let's look at this. Okay, they had six sacks last week. Daniel Jones was sacked seven times last week. In two games that Daniel Jones, they're two completely different defenses, but in two games that the Cardinals have played Daniel Jones, he's been sacked 14 times. And so, at least when it comes to pass protection, you feel pretty confident that the Cardinals can disrupt Daniel Jones and then probably get him to make a mistake and I think that will be ultimately do they need to get six seven sacks in this game no I but I think they need to be able to generate pressure the way they did against the the commanders but then the other half of that is they can and we talked about it last week the Cardinals can't afford to turn the ball over like basically they have to like as bad as they are offensively they have to be perfect in taking care of the ball because if they don't they'll lose and that's exactly what happened last week those two turnovers by josh dobbs turned into 10 washington points and that was the ball game yeah and you know the cardinals have to do a better job protecting dobbs but you know there was a it was an interesting i don't know if you saw it um play that if you remember they called um Will Hernandez for for illegal man downfield. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, I do. And there was a play. That play, uh, they threw a little out to Jeff Swaim. He gained I don't know fifteen, sixteen yards on the play. Um, there was about f- just under five minutes in the game, and and they called it. That was one of the just like most pedantic calls i can remember because if you go back and watch now hernandez tried to block somebody and missed and fell down in front of the line of scrimmage oh oh my gosh so like he wasn't (laughs) downfield blocking like he wasn't so he literally whiffed on a block and fell to the ground and fell forward and then stood up and turned around and they threw the flag and it's like really like that was such like okay it's the letter of the law. I get it. But it's like, really like that's, that's a referee's judgment there where you're like, Oh, he just missed the block. Like it wasn't like he was downfield looking for work or something, you know, in that situation. And, and then the next play, you know, Montez sweat, who's a monster, a you know, incredible talent comes up with a huge play and, and knocks and, and that just, you know, that changed the game completely. And, and so you look at that, so it's not just it's not just that they have to do a better job of protecting Josh Dobbs literally, but they have to do a better job of protecting Josh Dobbs from having to make a play. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. well, like, and we said that 
he's not a playmaker. Like the best that you're going to get is a caretaker of the offense who dinks and dunks and gets them maybe makes uh, and and he did. He made basically one big play throw and that was in the first quarter. What was that in the first drive? The 31 yeah. yard wheel route to to Rondell Moore. Yeah. Rondell. In, 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 interesting note. In that opening drive, they had a 29-yard route from Hollywood, and they had a 31-yard pass to Rondell Moore. That's 60 yards. They had 150 yards the entire rest of the game after those two plays. Uh, terrible. Yeah, it was, terrible. Yeah, and that's and that's just kind of what they are, unfortunately, right? Like, they they just lack a guy that they trust to make plays and push the ball down the field. So... You know, it's it was a tough one, um, but you look at now this week, and like you said, there's there's not the defensive front uh, that you have to worry about. There's not the um, there's not the pass rush that you have to worry about. So if you can contain Dexter Lawrence, you feel like you've got a really nice opportunity to stay in in second and third and manageable situations for for Dobbs right yes I do feel that um do they what other keys like I I think if they're they're, they, they have to they have to they cannot give up they cannot give big plays to Barkley they, they, no, they, no, they, they basically have to, have to just Barkley can have a volumeish game like he can have 70, 80, 90 yards, but it's got to be four yards at a time. Yeah, it has to be one of those games where he gets 25 touches and 125 yards, like, you know, whether it's through the air on the ground and, and he does 125 yards of offense and then, you know, they, they throw for another 125 yards and and you're like. You're like, hey, that was a great game. Um, the defense has to continue to perform in this way because, again, you as soon as you start to ask Josh Jobs <laughs> to win you a game, you're going to lose a game. And we just, I mean, we legitimately saw that. Like, <laughs> when he didn't have to make a play, when the game was was in that, you know, ebb and flow of, of you know, the, the early game, he was fine field goals leading to punts but as soon as he started to to feel like he needed to make a play or they asked him to make a play you had you had you know the the strip sack and then you just had the boneheaded play where it's like hey dude just pick up the ball and and live to punt like you can't continually try to do more than what your ability is and so that's the big thing i think the other thing is they have to continue to play lights out on special teams i thought that was a huge 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 thing from last week they, they played really really well on special teams and then i think they got to figure out a way to get connor going more this week you you talked about 122 rush rushing yards for the cowboys the cardinals you know last week on the ground they they only had 96 rushing yards so that that's got to be and and like you said what was that 30 of it was rondell or or it was, it was 29 rondell, of it was, it was hollywood yeah so you got you gotta you, love you gotta love your backup running back cam to ingram who had four carries for minus 10 yards four consecutive minus carries before he had right. a six yard gain at the end but like his first he had four carries for minus 10 yards and ended up with five carries for minus four that's that's less than ideal. Well, right. And you look at it and and let me ask you this. Like, is twenty touches where you think Connor needs to be? I I feel like that's probably I, what you can like you give him like all as it is, he had what, nineteen touches? Yeah. Uh, and, and so and he already had, and, and he's already 19. on the injury report. So Yeah. <laughs> that's why so that's was what I was gonna ask you is like how how do you game plan for that? Because you know, Brown had four touches for 57 yards. Marquise had five for 45. And then Connor had 19, just call it 20 for 70, right? So Yeah, I think that's probably I think the they, sweet spot for Connor. They just need more from the receivers in the passing game, which you're probably not going to get much more with Josh Dobbs. At well, I'll say this. 
the five receptions for eight yards cannot happen again for James Conner. If that happens again, they're they're probably going to lose. Like That's true. Like they oh, can't. Washington average... had him so bottled up that like that right. like that was well, great did... defense by by on those plays and 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 also that was just after like, I will say this and this was likely because of the defense that the the offensive game plan after the initial drive was very unimpressive, either just because of circumstance or whatever, because it was dump off, dump off, dump off, and, and Washington tackled extremely well. Right. Well, and you look at it again, you know, one of the situations you have is, is you know, he's running for 4.4 yards a pop. Uh, you know, why are we force-feeding him passes? Um, and not getting the ball even out of the backfield to to Rondell a little more, right? Like, you know, and and Rondell had three receptions for 33 yards. And like you said, one of those was 31 yards. So he had two catches for two yards after that. So like that got back to what we complained a lot about with Cliff, right? Like, what are we doing? Like, let's get the ball down the field or in space a little more. Why is everything in congestion and things like that. So that, that, see- that was the result of the fact that Washington was, was getting to the quarterback pretty regularly. Right. <laughs> was, but schematically is that now matchups that we want to watch. I, I don't know. If, I don't know who's going to be playing. So Zavin against Matt Pert, I think is one we want to see. Right. Because of yeah, what that's, Zavin did in in the last game, and well, and, and I think you really have to be excited about uh, Dennis Gardeck against Evan Neal because Evan Neal looked sluggish. I don't know if uh, I think that's something that that uh, New York can take advantage of in the run game, right? Because Neal is just such a massive human being, but. And that's where Victor Dimikaji comes in because you realize, like, remember it felt, you said it on on the last show, is that it felt like Gardick played more than he did. And and the fact that he's listed as the starter, but it was actually Victor Dimikaji who was in there in those base defenses. Um, He gives, he's a a strong run stopper, like, at least in terms of discipline. And it'll be interesting to see if that's how they combat that is, is to schematically try and force things with Saquon that way. But yeah, I like, yeah, Dark Gardick versus Evan Neal, Zavin against Matt Pert. Um, I'd like I, to see, I mean, and LJ Collier hasn't practiced this week, so he may not play, but I'd like to see, you know, these guys on the interior take advantage of Glowinski and Michael Schmitz and, and, you know, their struggles, uh, you know, they're again, they're not Osa Adigazuwu, but they can give you something. And and I thought they did a really nice job in week one of, of you know, feeding off each other and, and when they had their opportunity making plays. Um, you know, and, and the Cardinals need Kaiser White, uh, Buda Baker, and, and Jalen Thompson to really, really take care of Saquon Barkley. Uh, if Darren Waller plays, it just becomes a different matchup because – Nobody in the NFL, even the car, you know, the Cardinals, but especially, but nobody in the NFL has anybody that can match up with Darren Waller. Like he's just that good, but he's had a, a hamstring issue. He continues to deal with that hamstring issue. My philosophy again, one, 100% would be to, if these guys can go, they would go against the Cardinals over holding them out and going against the 49ers in San Francisco. But that's just how I would do things. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so on the flip side, they have to look at it and they go, you know, if they hold them out, you know, especially Andrew Thomas and Darren Waller, it's, it's a whole different ball game really. Cause, because like I said, like the, the receivers aren't as good as Washington's. Um, the running back's better, without question. And that's no shot at, at Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson, but Saquon, Saquon Barkley's special. special talent. He's yeah. special. 
Um, you know, but the, the, the wide receivers in Washington are, are far superior. Uh, the offensive line is probably a wash if Andrew Thomas doesn't play, if not a slight lean to Washington. And then Daniel Jones has to, I mean, he has to respond from last week because it was bad. Like this is, that was one of the worst quarterback performances we've seen in a long, long time um, from a guy that's getting paid 40 million a year now. Right. And, and well, We've seen it. Like he, he was better with the football last year. But what made him better last year, like basically his success last year was doing less. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, he it was doing less. Now he did run the ball. Like he they they used his legs more last year, and that was something he ran the ball thirteen times last week and he was sacked seven times, so uh, he's getting a lot of use, but the problem was is that there there was no playmaking. He was under duress the entire game, and which which for me is it's you like the potential of that because the Cardinals showed the ability to get to the quarterback. The Cardinals historically <laughs> they historically get to the quarterback with the Daniel Jones. I mean, fourteen sacks in two games. Uh, Daniel Jones has been sacked fourteen times in two games with the Cardinals. Uh, so yeah, but like, other than that, I, I you know, I think would it be a combination of, of Kaiser and, uh, and Jalen Thompson that's going to be covering Waller. Yeah, you would think so. Um, wouldn't you? I mean, they're not going to put Kaiser and I think they do so much, uh, zone coverage that you know it's going to be a team effort with things they i don't think they ran a ton of man last week i'd have to go back and look at it didn't feel like it all the snaps but with how much they were dropping their their ends into coverage um i felt like they were in a lot of zone last week um you know but yeah you would think that it's going to be a combination of of zavin kaiser uh um who was the the safety they brought in that now Kayvon Wallace, yeah. uh, you know, and, and Jalen Thompson. Um, and then, you know, they'll do some things to, to throw some, throw some stuff at, at uh, Daniel Jones and just see if they can continue to make him look bad. Because I mean, you look at, you look at last year and you, you talked about it and I'm trying to find the number. Uh, I can never find this. Uh, but so last year he had five interceptions all year, you know, he threw two already this year. Uh, but I'm trying to see, did he lose either of those fumbles last week? Um, I don't, I don't know how to look, but anyways, he fumbled twice in the game. Obviously it was raining. I get that. It was a, it, a torrential downpour. No, he, he he recovered field. both of them. He recovered both okay. of them. But this dude had this is a dude that he's gotten better, but remember as a rookie he had 19 fumbles. His second year he had 10 fumbles. Uh that was one of the problems he was having, right? Is that he struggled to control the ball and so you know, he's already had two interceptions and two fumbles in the, again, I get the weather is a huge aspect of it. I truly truly understand that. But it's just man, that's a that's a tough tough way to come out so i as the cardinals you have to start pre- like you have to get pressure on him early in order to make sure that he doesn't um that he he can doesn't get comfortable and continues to struggle coming up next on the rise of Seward podcast best of cardinals talk on let us wrap this up make our predictions our picks and talk about some of the prop bets that some of the props that we like for this game. That's coming to next on Rise of Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Sea Red podcast. The best of Cardinals talk on the web. This game, and so the Cardinals have to if they're going to win a game. This is the one to win. Now, yeah, it gets really it gets really uh, hairy after. Yeah, this. it does. It does. So I believe, and and. What we saw last week helps me feel confident. I've always felt that this is the game that the Cardinals would win because I don't believe in the Giants. 
And so I did not believe, like, I don't believe that they are going to be as good as that word they were last, or as disciplined, or as lucky, and they, they sneaked into the playoffs. And granted that if this is a, a hungry squad, they're going to come out and they're going to they're, they're gonna try and punch the Cardinals in the mouth. They're going to try to play splash mouth football with, with Saquon Barkley. Uh, but the way the Cardinals defense played, combined with what we saw in limited action in the preseason, make, gives me I trust right now against less than elite offenses that this defense is going to be very physical and is going to make things difficult for them. And with that, if there's any offensive improvement, which there should be, simply more time on task. And two, New York's defense is not as strong as Washington's. No, they shouldn't present the same type of problem. And so the offense should be better, and I believe the defense can have the same sort of success. So, you know... For my over at Sportsbook Wire, I I write an underdog picks every week. And last week I went three and zero. You know, ooh, toot my horn. But one, of, I had the Cardinals covering last week, and I'm going to the well again now. I I was not bold enough for the column to say the Cardinals would cover the five and a half points. That was the line then. I think five and a half points is crazy. I know that, that some some sports books that have it down to, uh, they have it down to four. Let me actually see what it is on BetMGM right now. Uh, it is down to four, uh, four-point favorites, but I actually have the Cardinals winning this game. I, it might, I think it'll be ugly. I think it'll be ugly 2017, maybe 23-20, so I'm not as confident in, in the total, but it's going to be a close, ugly game. I think that's the only way the Cardinals will be able to win until Kyler gets back. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is a – is a game that's close again and it, but until i see something because remember neither of these teams have scored an offensive touchdown <laughs> this season and and the giants obviously haven't scored a point but the, the only team in the nfl which is crazy um but their offense has more competency than the cardinals from just historically so I'm still taking the Giants to win, but again, and it kills me that they moved the line because I had it 17-13. So I've got a push now. Got a push. <laughs> but I've had it 17-13, Giants win. I had it, again, Cardinals cover, Giants money line, or their opponent money line and the under. That's where I would be right now. Um, if you If you gun to my head, I would still take the Cardinals to cover. I don't I'm not impressed with the Giants enough to to hear or to to make a different call. Um but we'll see. I mean, cuz all it takes is one, right? It just takes one to get to get going. Yeah. Uh let's look at some of the player props. Um there aren't a ton for this game. I I think that's going to be the case all year for the Cardinals. But if we're looking at passing props, uh, 184.5 is the line for Josh Dobbs. Under. <laughs> what about 207.5 for Daniel Jones? Oh, uh, see, I think that they could throw the ball enough that he could hit that, but I'm going to go under on that one too. I, I would agree on both of those. Um, touchdown pass, but can, can we address the, why on earth is this over under 40? Um, well, 40s, honestly, last week it was 38 and that's the lowest in the entire NFL. I know I would have gone 36 and a half. I would have been like, <laughs> I don't, I'd be um, like one of you teams scored offensive touchdown. Then I'll make a decision. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I, I don't think I've ever seen. I'm trying to think back. I don't know if I've seen a projected total lower than 38. And I believe though if you're if you're just going by reputation, you know, New York's offense is considered better than Washington's. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I understand that, yeah. And and I'm right there on that board cuz I think it might be 23-20. And so I, that's yeah. like if 40 is is really ooh, that's that's really close. Um touchdown passes. Touchdown passes. Um, th- they have a really stupid one here. So Josh Dobbs, 
over half, over half a touchdown. So over 0.5 would be minus 210. I don't even know about that. <laughs> I, I, again, I wouldn't take it. Like, if no, you're gonna no, you, me, no, you get really nice. You get nice plus odds at plus 155 on the under for that. Yeah, and and I think yeah, plus one foot. Yeah, it's minus two hundred. That the juice is just not worth the squeeze on that. Like no. it's just. So, well, I wanted to ask you about one because there's two that I really like, but there's one that I think is like one that I would hammer, and that's Daniel Jones' rushing total. Now, I we use DraftKings um, because that's what they have us use uh he hit 43 last week he's historically the since dable took over he's averaging um what was he at last year let's see 50 or wait, 44 per game i feel like he's gonna hover right around that 40 number i would i would well what's the line hammer, on DraftKings on bet mgm it's 34 and a half 34 and a half for minus 115 I feel like that's an easy over. Yeah, yeah, because if especially I mean, if, especially if if the Cardinals can limit Saquon at all, right? And, and then he's going to have to he's going to have to run. He's going to have to right. get out of trouble. Yeah, that that's a good one. But what about the what about the the numbers for Saquon and and Connor? Seventy three and a half for Saquon, sixty four and a half for Connor. Do you think? I mean, that's the thing. If if Arizona actually is able to to uh, force them to beat them through the air. Saquon's not going to get enough touches. Right? Like last week, 12. 12 carries. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I guess we'd have to say, oh, oh, interestingly enough, at least on BetMGM, that the under is the slight favorite at 73.5. They have minus 110 for over 73.5 and minus 120 at under 73.5, which is kind of, a, it's I guess... The juice is different on this one. It's normally minus one ten, but these are minus right. one fifteen on those. So yeah, I, you know, if and, if the Cardinals are going to play the way we think, well, at least I think they're going to. I think that's a safe one is to, to say is under seventy three and a half, and that I would go with over sixty four and a half for Connor. Not because and, I think he's going to have a big game, but I think he'll probably re- be around the the kind of seventy seventy five yard mark. And and what is your uh, Odds at for that? Um, it's minus one fifteen on both of those. On minus oh, okay. so if you if you if you want to follow Jess, uh, DraftKings right now. This is Thursday night at ten p.m. Has it at plus one hundred? Oh, so oh, it's an even money bet. That's nice. If you, if you want to bet the over James Conner yards. Now, the, what my favorite? This is. Oh, on the NFL Wire, so all the NFL Wire editors this year, we do a favorite, a best bet for our games. And so every game has every writer, and, and I picked mine. This is my this is my favorite one, um, and that would be Daniel Jones over .5 interceptions at plus 155. That's a really good price. That's a really good, that's a really good line. For, for a guy that's known for turning the ball over and a Cardinals team that has proven, at least in one game, that they can take the ball away. He has one interception in two career games against the Cardinals, but, yeah, um, I like that one. I think the Cardinals will get a turnover like that, and so, you know, take that one to the bank. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, and, and it's uh, plus 160 on DraftKings, so it's a, yeah, it's, it's one that... I think everybody's thinking that he'll he'll course correct against Arizona, but it feels like a lot of people. It's funny, and this kind of rounds out what we how we started, right? Like it's funny that these odds are so heavily favored in the Giants doing outside of the Barkley one, in the Giants doing well, um, and and rebounding and discounting what the Cardinals did in Week One. And I understand it, I do to an extent, um, but like. You look at it, you know, Daniel Jones, like you said, over 207.5. His over one and a half touchdowns is slightly plus money, um, whereas Josh Jobs just to throw a touchdown to minus 200, you know, right? <laughs> like, um, 
Yeah, that's absurd, man. Um, you know, Darius Slayton, who didn't have a big week, or Isaiah Hodgins or or Paris Campbell, they're all their 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 odds are all pretty interesting over for the over, you know, thirty one and a half for both Slayton and Hodgins and Campbell over twenty four and a half are all minus one fifteen or minus one twenty. Like it's weird that they're expecting a bounce back from the Giants and then just kind of discounting what the Cardinals did last week. Like, oh, that was the fluke. Not yeah, you know, like both teams were were fluky last week, right? Like the the Giants were fluky in how bad they played. And so I think that's gonna be the the theme until it's maybe week, you know, four or five if they if they can play close against these better teams as they come up. And yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, we can wrap up this edition of the Rise of Sea Red podcast, episode 461. Um, we have one more show coming. So this is going to be, this will drop, this will go live on Friday, recording Thursday night. I have a show, the next show coming up is a preview with Giants Wire Manager, Managing Editor Dan Benton, where we'll get into some of, some of the same things, but it will not be from just a Cardinals perspective, because, you know, me and Seth, we are. Yeah, we, we definitely give the Cardinals perspective, but we'll get a little bit from the other side of things. So with that, that's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Rude. This is the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Uh, we'll be back with another show um, and tomorrow, and then Seth and I will be back uh, recording on a Tuesday night. You'll hit that on Wednesday. Thanks for listening, as always. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red Podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red. Sea Red.